Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi wahdahu wa sallallahu wa sallama ala malla nabiya ba'dahu wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. My brothers, my sisters. Firstly, we seek the forgiveness of Allah Almighty for indeed when we ask Allah to forgive us, He forgives us. And when we constantly ask Allah to forgive us, He elevates our status. On earth today, there are so many things happening, things that are pleasing to Allah and things that are displeasing to Allah. At times, as believers, as Muslimin, we know that we do some things that are displeasing to Allah, not because we're defying Allah, not because we want to show Him that we are happy or proud to disobey Him, but because of human weakness, because we are human beings and out of human nature, sometimes we falter, we err. As the hadith says, Kullu bani all the children of Adam will err. They make mistakes, they commit sins. But the best from amongst those who commit sins often are those who repent often as well. At-tawwabun, those who return to Allah again and again. That term, tawwab, refers to the one who repeatedly does something, repeatedly turning back to Allah. It would mean we have committed the sin again and again sometimes. May Allah strengthen us. So I start off by making mention of seeking the forgiveness of Allah because it is one of the best ways of preparing for the day that you are going to return to Allah. When a believer seeks forgiveness of Allah, he or she is convinced within his or her heart that Allah has heard. And Allah sees my sincerity and knows it. And Allah will forgive me and has forgiven me. And I will not let shaitan come and make me doubt the mercy and forgiveness of Allah. Because at times, like I said, because of human nature, when we falter, we find we seek the forgiveness of Allah. And we know that shaitan had trapped us, but shaitan comes back to us after we sought forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he makes us think for a moment that, no man, what you did is a little bit too big for Allah to forgive. It was very, very bad. You know, yesterday someone sent me an email telling me that they actually went forth to do some black magic on someone else. And they say, but I pray and I do this. And I learned that that is actually association of partnership with Allah. If you do that, the hadith says, Man sahara faqad ashrak. Whoever does magic actually has associated partnership with Allah or involved in shirk. So now that I know it was so bad, and by the way, what is it? You know, to grab a doll and throw pins in it and put these little pieces of hair or whatever else or parts of the body or nails, fingernails and so on and to tie these uh, strings and to blow in them and on them and to pull it this way and that way. All of that with the intention of magic is magic. All of that is actually evil. And that's what's being spoken about. If you read the last two surahs of the Quran, the one where Allah Almighty speaks about in Surah Al-Falaq, He says, 
قل أعوذ برب الفلق من شر ما خلق ومن شر غاسق إذا وقب ومن شر النفاثات في العقد ومن شر حاسد إذا حسد I'm going to leave it to you to find the translation inshallah of the surah but the point I want to raise is how Allah mentions the protection in Allah from shaitan and from the blowing into the knots. Blowing into the knots. That's the magic. So what the sister says is, I'd like to seek the forgiveness of Allah, but I heard that shirk is not forgiven by Allah. So what you heard is correct, but it is only correct if you die without seeking the forgiveness of Allah. When you're alive, you seek forgiveness even from shirk and Allah will forgive you. So when Allah says, Allah will not forgive shirk against him that is committed which means association or partnership with him but besides that he will forgive whatever he wishes he is talking about if you die and you have not yet repented that's what he's talking about he's not saying that there are sins that you will commit that i will never forgive no he speaks about how his mercy encompasses absolutely everything if a person was a disbeliever and they turned to Islam, they uttered their shahada, they believed in their heart, Allah wipes out all the bad deeds they've ever done before that. Don't you think a person who is a Muslim would also be deserving of similar cleansing if they were as a Muslim to seek the forgiveness of Allah? Well, that's what the Prophet ﷺ says. The one who seeks forgiveness from a sin, whatever the sin is, is just like the one who didn't commit the sin in the first place. Especially when you've changed your life. So Allah Almighty has given us a great gift and that is the ability to seek forgiveness so easily, so easily. Seek the forgiveness of Allah. So when we seek the forgiveness of Allah, we don't doubt the mercy of Allah. I told a sister, I said, you feel so bad, you're having sleepless nights, you recognize what you did was so wrong. If you're able to reverse what you did, reverse it and seek the forgiveness of Allah and understand He will forgive you. He will definitely forgive you, no matter what you've done. My brothers and sisters, can you see where we've gone? We're facing reality. Many people are engaging in things that they don't realize are actually satanic. They're actually for a believer unacceptable. Find out what these things are. I spoke about magic moments ago, but there are so many other things that we may be doing without realizing this is actually satanic. If not satanic, it is something that will earn the displeasure of Allah. It's not going to get me anywhere. Let me actually do what is right. Life is so short. Every other day we're hearing of people going back to Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why I said earlier, forgiveness. One of the best ways to prepare for the day that you're going to meet with Allah. Because when you die, all your deeds, you'll see them in front of you. 
يوم تجد كل نفس ما عملت من خير محضرا on that day every soul shall see all the deeds the good deeds that it has done present in front of them وما عملت من سوء تود لو ان بينها وبينه امدا بعيدا and the bad deeds as well will all be in front of the soul and it will wish that there was a large gap between it and those sins that's why when we are starting salah one of the duas of istiftah one of the supplications that you are able to make is allahumma ba'id bayni wa bayna khatayaya kama ba'adta bayn al-mashriqi wal-maghrib oh allah create a distance between me and my sins equivalent to that of the east from the west you know the distance east from the west what you mean is oh allah just create a huge distance between me and the sins i've committed i don't want to be associated with these sins you know when a person's committed a crime and they're convicted for the rest of their lives whenever they fill in forms they got to write convicted of more than 200 pounds of a crime you know and they got to write what it was and put a little bit of a detail because now you're attached to it there's never a time when you can say well that was a bit too far no you got to write it forever and ever for as long as you're alive allah says you know what yours we can wipe it out completely seek forgiveness and you know what ask allah oh allah create a distance between me and my sins because i don't want to be associated with these sins i don't want to be known by them how many of us have quit drugs but 10 years later you're trying to get married and the family hears this guy is a huge dealer you had that oh this guy is on drugs or this woman is on drugs wow Subhanallah May Allah Almighty grant us ease Yet you've quit a long time back but they will judge you by something you did long ago that you've quit for the last decade but they judge you it will come up they judge you by that Allah is the only one who judges you by your repentance the rest of them judge you by your sin Have you seen that Allah is the only one who judges you by your repentance the rest of them will judge you by your sin even if you have quit the sin long long back so just be careful my brothers my sisters this evening i wish to go into a little bit more of the detail of what goes on with our mobile phones the impact we're facing reality i said yesterday reality is that the world has changed technologically so advanced that we are confused many of us are baffled many of us don't even know what exactly we are standing upon today do you know why within the last week technology advanced do you know about it the answer is no perhaps i don't know either but you're going to get to know it will impact your life it will change your life it has already changed your life a decade ago was not like today Two decades ago was not even like yesterday. Subhanallah, things have changed. So, back in the day, marriage was very simple. Where we didn't know so many people, we did not have access to the lives of others, be they filtered or unfiltered. 
We didn't know so many people. So we did not have so much to compare with. When it was told, look, there is option A, option B, option C, we would be so happy. Mashallah, I've got three options and here we are. You meet person one, person two. You decide, okay, I met person three as well, but I'd still like to get married to person two. And then comes person two and they say, well, you know what? I'm not really too keen on, on, on marrying this person. So now it doesn't work because you want to marry person two. Person two doesn't want to marry you. Now what happens? You got to just say Alhamdulillah and you got to settle for person three, right? And person three looks at you and you are the answer to their dua. MashaAllah, you ended up getting married quite simple and you live a beautiful life. You appreciate what you have because you know how difficult it was to get to that, right? Guess what has happened? Guess what has happened? People started looking at us and saying, Oh, are you, did you have an arranged marriage by the way? And they look at you and, they, and, and it's like, oh, my mother just came to me and plonked this person in front of me and said, that's your wife. Thank you, mom. I love you, my darling. That's not how it worked. Not at all. But that's what they think has happened, right? When you say arranged marriage, it could mean 10 different things. What do you mean by that? If you mean that someone came and plonked another person in front of me and said, take. No, that's not what happened. If that was the case, it's wrong. But... Arranged introductions, that's something that Islam teaches and recommends and that's the original and proper way of doing things. An arranged introduction. So what would happen, ideally a parent would come along and make suggestions or a family member would come along or an elder or someone senior or a friend or whoever else it may be would come along and say, I have an idea. I'd like to introduce you to someone. MashaAllah. But the family knows about it, perhaps you know, and others would, you would have to get to know anyway. But thereafter, we would expect a meeting, and perhaps a follow-up meeting, and perhaps a third meeting. And it is not just permissible, it is recommended to talk to, to someone you're intending to get married to, to communicate with them. Don't hide behind holiness and religion to say, I'm not going to communicate at all. No. Communicate. There might just be a few skeletons in the closet. Subhanallah. You might just discover that the person you're talking to is not really interested in you, but they're trying to please someone in their broader circle, which you would only discover if you spoke to them a little bit more. You would see a disinterest. They're not interested in you. So you would gauge that, you know, this person's really not interested in marriage. But I don't know why they're telling me to meet them and so you can then decline either either party can decline and so if you say no i'm not going to be getting married to this person my beloved parents just swallow it say okay no problem let's move on perhaps to someone else and maybe something else will crop up don't get upset and angry and start blackmailing them you know if you don't marry this person you're never going to get married as it is your 30. i know of people 35 who've got spouses that are the coolness of their eyes they used to wear glasses, they no longer wear them. <laughs> Mashallah. Yes, the eyes are so cool, alhamdulillah. Because they wear contact lenses now. <laughs> but my brothers and sisters, it has happened. Age, for as long as you did not waste something that came in front of you, don't worry, no matter how old you are. It's fine, you're never too old or too young. If something correct comes up, 
consider it. No matter what phase of your life you're in. Say for example, I decided, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I finish my university. I get my degree. I start working and I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then perhaps I'll think about getting married. And then at university, there is a proposition that comes up that is too good to be true. Consider that from Allah. Consider it. Look into it. If, if it really is what you thought it was, I tell you what, things can change in life. You can go for it. That's my piece of advice. It's not revelation from the heavens, by the way. But as a father, as a person who's been a counselor for the better part of two decades, I can tell you that, you know what, consider it. It's okay, you're a bit young, you might have had a few dreams. Dreams can always be adjusted, but you don't lose something that's coming. I mean, uh, not for the Muslims, but for the others who might have won a lottery of a few million, you know, your life might change at that particular juncture. So this is a different type of a lottery, mashallah. You've just won something, wow, subhanallah, you know. Things can change. Don't become too stubborn and too... There's nothing that is written, you know, hard and fast about this particular matter. But if nothing has come up, no problem. Keep on doing what you have to. And then you can also start... You can also start showing an interest. And this is where we say, facing the reality. My beloved parents, my beloved children, if you've come across someone because of real life situations, I told you the ideal is an introduction. But that which may happen because of the reality of the globe changing, and we need to embrace within what is permissible, I am fully permitted, male or female, to come up to my family, my parents, my whoever, my elder brother or whoever else it may be and say, listen, I've come across someone I believe is potential spouse. Would you help me find out a bit more or make sure that I'm not making a mistake? Now we pause for a moment. Let's face another reality. The problem with us is we develop a haram relationship and donate our hearts free of charge to this charity known as a boyfriend or a girlfriend and we've given them the heart and the soul before we've involved the first family member so we were blinded to all their faults and then we come up and want to impose it on everyone and say you know what i'm going to marry this jackal from down the road they say but you're going to be bitten but i love being bitten they call it love bites <laughs> subhanallah you can't say that subhanallah but that's what it is the whole family, the whole lot are telling you, you're making the biggest blunder. And you say, well, if I'm 18 already, if you guys are going to stop me, I'm going to create a police order against you guys. Peace. And I'm going to do my thing. Mm, wow. You were born to us by Allah. We looked after you. We changed your nappies. And by the way, it was quite smelly. And thereafter, we... We actually got you up, we sent you to the schools, we did whatever we had to, we fed you, we clothed you, we had sleepless nights for you, and today you're saying, peace order. Just over a jackal. Subhanallah. Subhanallah, Rabbil Alameen. Wow. So if everyone is telling you you're making a mistake, chances are you probably are. But guess what? Love is blind. MashaAllah. Love is blind. I told you, you no longer need glasses. You know why? Sometimes you take them off so you can't really see. That's what it is. My brothers and sisters, let's face reality. Don't make mistakes. Don't donate your heart before involving your folks. Your folks come before anyone else and their advice mostly is genuine unless you have folks who have not embraced reality. 
Then all you got to do is play them this talk. What else? Right? It's being recorded right now. You can go and say, I've got a talk I'd like you to listen to. Here goes. My beloved parents, you better make sure you don't say no for nothing. We told them, right? But in essence, my brothers and sisters, the mistake we're making is we're developing relationships on the phone. You see LOL. What does it mean, by the way? What does LOL stand for? Laugh out loud. Mm, but when you pull your glasses off, it stands for lots of love, right? Because that's all you see, LOL, and you say, oh, you know, you're gone. Because those are words. You're living with words, subhanAllah. I've known of so many cases of people who've fallen in love on the phone, and in reality, when they've met, they were like, oh, God, is this the person? Wow. They were so cute when it was typed. Subhanallah, they knew how to fire those emojis one after the other. And I was just like, oh gosh, I've even divorced my, my wife or my husband in preparation for this. Never mind jackal, hyena. Allah bless us. Allah grant us ease. It's happening. We don't realize that we are conned because you know what? Emotions. Emotions are running high. And people, every marriage and every relationship and in every home, you will have fluctuations of emotions and feelings. It's not the same every day. One day is more, one day is less. One day you have an issue, one day not. One day you're on edge and one day, mashallah, you're in the bank center of the circle. So a day that they might have caught you when you're not feeling so, you know, up to it, you might have confided in someone and they might have told you, oh no, they shouldn't be doing that and I this and I that. What happens? Then the next time something goes wrong, you're confiding in an anonymous person. Completely, you don't even know them. Nothing. Don't worry, trust me. May Allah bless you. Huh? That dua, mashallah. That dua. What does the dua do? The dua, you say, amin to it, by all means. But shaitan comes and make you get used to it. And you say, but they're so pious. You know, they pray five times a day. They give us so many dua. They're actually so amazing. They so, you know what? If you have just donated your soul and your heart and your feelings to someone that you've just met on the phone and you haven't involved your folks, chances are if you marry them, they, yes, you may be able to get on, but it's going to be a massive sacrifice either way. And... A lot of those marriages do not last as long as you think they do. Somebody needs to vet. Vet. The vetting process needs to happen by a third party who is not involved in a lot of cases. Some cases you might be fortunate. Okay, mashallah, you want to marry this person? Someone, someone, somewhere knows them and inshallah, it's okay, let it happen. Sometimes your folks might have to allow you to make a big mistake. Knowing that it's a big blunder simply because there's no other way. You haven't given them an option. That's it. And when you get married, mashallah, after the honeymoon period, subhanallah, what happens? Somebody messages me a few days ago and says, what do I do with this man? Before I married him, he said, I'm going to quit weed as soon as we get married. And now I've been married for a few years. It's just increased and increased and increased. I said, in that case, you didn't have a wedding. You had a weeding. <laughs> He fooled you. He brought weed to the wedding itself. What did it make it? It made it a weeding. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. What are you going to do now? Don't believe someone who's going to tell you, I will change. They will tell you, look, I changed. I have changed. That's it. 
marry you or not marry you. I have changed. I know of non-Muslims who've quit bad habits simply because, wow, the wife was pregnant. They said, no, I'm going to be a father. I'm not going to do this anymore. I want to be a role model to my kids. And here you have Muslims. Muslims, wife is pregnant. You're having an affair with someone else. Why? Because, uh, you know what? Ah, pregnant woman and so on. Astaghfirullah. Let's say it again. Astaghfirullah. Yeah, man. I see some men here saying it quite loud, man. Alhamdulillah. My brothers, my sisters, face the reality. We have been emotionally trapped at times because of the mobile device. We see things that do not exist. We see people that are not real. We see things that are not the way they are. When you look at someone, you fall in love with someone online. Ask yourself, what is it that I have fallen in love with? You might think, well, it's the deen and the akhlaq. Right? We always say, If someone comes to you and their deen is satisfactory, which means their connection with Allah and their level of character and conduct is satisfactory, then allow the marriage. If both parties would like to get married, boy and girl, the, the, the bride and groom are both interested in each other, let it be because the deen is okay, the akhlaq is okay. But hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Do you know the norms and traditions and the cultures that you've been brought up within actually do play a role to a degree in whether or not your marriage is going to be prosperous? And that's why if you're a very cultural person and your broader family is extremely cultured to a specific culture, you probably wouldn't even be able to eat the food of the person you're trying to get married to simply because they love something totally different. I went to one country and they were offering me the food of this particular country and mashallah, they were crazy over it. I could not even bear the smell of it. I promise you. And what should I do? Can I tell them that? No, I can't. It's beautiful food. I don't want to insult a gift of Allah. They love it to pieces. But imagine being married to someone as beautiful as their deen is, as lovely as their akhlaq is. You here busy wishing for something and the two of you do not see eye to eye on matters of daily importance. Food is a minor thing. But it's there. I, I'm a counselor. I can tell you we've had issues of this nature. Subhanallah. I was going through a hadith earlier today with someone. The hadith of khula. What is a khula? You know, divorce happens where the man issues a talaq to a woman. That's called talaq. It's called a divorce, right? Then the, the other one is when the woman has no reason, but she just doesn't like the guy. She doesn't want him anymore. She can request for a khula. The Prophet ﷺ, a, a woman came to him and said that this man is a good man. He's, he's done whatever. He provides. He does this, but I just don't like him. I don't want to be with him. And the Prophet ﷺ tried with her and then says to him, called him and said, what did you give as a mahar? He said, I gave a garden, an orchard. Are you prepared to give it back? He asks her. She says, yes, I'm prepared to give it back. He looked at him and he said, take the orchard back and give her the talaq. So that's exactly what he did. That's the primary source of the khula, which means the woman is giving back her mahar and getting the talaq. What's the reasoning? I don't really have a proper reasoning. It's okay. I just don't like you. You know what? I married you and your body odor is too much for me to handle. It's a fact. It's happened. I've had people who get married and to someone they met online a lot of the times, but they didn't smell them. Subhanallah. It's a reality. You could take a page from the shower 
and another from something known as underarm, by the way. It's a fact. Some people don't bother. They don't care. Their nails are whatever. They don't mind about their pubic hairs. They don't mind about anything. And I'm married. And you know what? I'm okay. That's how it becomes. What do you do? You've got to come up and say, listen, everything's okay. He provides. He's a good guy. He's, he reads his salah, his akhlaq, his deen is in place. But I don't want to stay with him. I can't tell you why. Whatever it is. So it's called a khula. Now what the men do these days is they say, no, I want to, I gave you five bucks when we got married. You need to pay me 5,000 bucks. That's the reason why in some cultures they, they charge you a hundred grand. Why? They say, so that the day I say, I want a khula, you scratch your head and think about it and say, okay, give me 95 grand at least back. But it's not a barter deal. In Islam, it's a matter of honor. It's a matter of being reasonable. Come on, there's something wrong. Give the talaq. It's okay. It's not the first or the last. And by the way, when there are children involved, it's not you and not him. Not her or not him. It's up to Allah what happens there. And just follow what Allah says. Allah says, access is with one side and custody is with the other. But it must be honorable and respectable. The problem with us is we fight. We fight to the degree that we don't allow this one to see or to hear. And we contaminate the ears of the kids about the other one. What's the point? They are your kids, both of you. May Allah protect all of us and make us honorable parents. So, the third one is something known as a fasq. What's a fasq? It's a nullification. Nullification of the marriage is not a talaq. It's just a cancellation of what happened. So you got married and a few years later, the man was abusing or he was not providing or he was not satisfying or whatever. A lot of, there are a lot of reasons and they all have detail for them. You can apply for a nullification on some of those grounds. And what you do is you apply to a group of scholars or if you're in a country where they have courts, Islamic courts, you apply to the court, you give your reasons and so on. They might call the parties and verify a few things and they will issue you with a decree stating that you are no longer married from this day on. Wow. It's called a fasq. Fasq. And it's called an annulment or a nullification. A lot of the men get very angry when that happens. But welcome. We're going to teach the women. Mashallah. Especially in Birmingham. <laughs> my brothers, my sisters, no, this is knowledge. I'm just letting you know. Islam is actually balanced. It's not many people look at us and they say, Oh, like I said earlier, you guys... Uh, did you have an arranged marriage? And they look at us, wallahi, they're ignorant sometimes. They look at us as though, oh, you know, I really don't want to be with these people, but I'm just there. I tell you what, the kids of those who have had decent marriages, may Allah make all of us from among them. You see it in the children. You see when children witness the love and affection between parents, the time you spend to look at each other and smile and say good words and and words of love and romance, wallahi, it empowers them. Wallahi, it empowers them. The problem is, they're on their phones, and you're on your phones, and everyone's on their phones, and even when you phone the emergencies, they're on their phones, and what else? Subhanallah, everyone's on their phones. So let's be careful. Let's face reality. Don't allow yourself to be conned by something that you see online. And you've donated your emotions and everything. I'm saying people get married. And in all honesty, I'm not saying it's wrong. Because sometimes, that's a good way of doing things. You now have access to so many people. So what has happened? It's become more difficult to get married. Back in the day when we didn't have access, it was a bit easier. Because we just 
you know, we did whatever we, we could. Now we have access. So each one of the people want to marry someone that doesn't really exist in real life. Because even the one you were looking at and going crazy over, having sleepless nights and some dreams I can't even talk about, doesn't exist because that's a filter, my brother. That's a filter. And by the way, with artificial intelligence, it could just be a robot. I promised you, I said, no, I want one just like this. What do you think? It's a commodity or something? You're going to Tesco's and buy another packet of Jaffa cakes. Not at all. May Allah protect us. May Allah protect us. Reality. You need to meet people physically. You need to make sure you've involved family. That's your family. Come on. Sometimes they might be a bit old school. You can talk to them. You can, you can try to explain to them. Sometimes they have a point. And sometimes that point you're blinded to it because you know what? You're already gone. You've given and donated every single thing. I've had so many cases where people say, this is the only person I want to marry. My parents are dead against it. They'll never allow it. But I'm never going to marry anyone. But I don't wish to hurt my parents. I mean, what are you asking me? You've got to hurt someone somewhere. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You either hurt them or you hurt them. Who do you want to hurt? Well, I love my parents. They've done so much for me. I don't want to hurt them. But this is the only guy I'm going to marry. Well, the answer for that is, well, keep trying with them. Keep talking to them. Keep bringing up an embarrassing or whatever else it may be. A very difficult topic with them. It's not embarrassing actually, but it's very difficult with them. So you've got to bring it up and hear whatever they say all the time. Bring it up a hundred, two hundred times. If that's what it is. Until they are pleased and they may never ever be. So now what? Well, if Allah's created a barrier somewhere, it probably means He doesn't want it to be. But do you understand that? No, you don't. Why don't you? Because you don't know the meaning of the simple dua that you repeat, known as dua of istikhara. People come and say, Sheikh, please tell us how to do istikhara. So the Sheikh says, well, you, you do this, you pray in this way, you, you read this particular supplication, and then uh, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance, and then you see what happens. So everyone knows, they read the dua, they do whatever prayers they have to, and they're waiting. Waiting for what? What do you normally wait for? A sign. What's the sign usually? Can someone say it loudly? A dream. A dream. Did you hear that? A dream. Go back and read the meaning of that dua. It has nothing to do with a dream. You said, Oh Allah, if this is good for me, my deen, my future, my uh, akhirah, then make it easy for me, facilitate it for me, and give me barakah and blessings in it. What did you say? Make it easy for me. Give, grant me blessings in it. Make it, facilitate it for me. That's what you said. You didn't say, Oh Allah, if it is good for me, then show me green. Well, I can tell you if you turn around there, there are quite a few green lights. Do you know what they're depicting? Exit. Wallahi, the green there, it says exit. There's a guy running away. Go check. And there are quite a few of them in this hall. Mashallah. So green doesn't always mean go for it. Sometimes it means get out. Right? You didn't ever say, Oh Allah, if this thing is good for me, show me green in my dream. So you get up the following morning, you feel, I'm feeling so good. I was on a horse galloping through the beautiful mountains of Wales. Mashallah. And I saw a castle there. And mashallah, there was Rapunzel with her hair 
Subhanallah. And I was there calling. What are you talking about, man? Istikhara? Are you for real? Istikhara? And your parents are against it and all the roads are blocked and everything is sealed. Listen to the rest of the dua. The dua says, Oh Allah, if it is not good for me in your knowledge because you know and I don't know. And if it is not good for my faith and my connection with you and my livelihood and my future and my akhirah, then turn it away from me, turn me away from it, block me from it, block it from me and make me happy with the decree you've chosen for me. That's what you're saying. So, the roads are all blocked. That's a sign that Allah doesn't want it to happen. So people might say, well, when do I recognize the sign? Have you tried your best? Yes, you have. You've tried to explain? Yes. You've tried to talk? Yes. You've tried to say whatever? Yes. Is nobody convinced? Is there no movement this way? No, in fact, the movement is the other way. They, they're becoming threatening. They're doing this and well, then close the door and move on. But I can't and I won't. Sometimes you can't and you won't because your relationship with that person has already gone so far that you're embarrassed to pull back. Don't be. Still pull back. Don't worry. Never mind. Whatever it was, you can still pull back. It's probably Allah telling you, do you know what? Rather now than later. No, but I can't. You can. But I can't. You can. Allah make it easy. We do not have whatever we want on earth. At times we have to compromise. You can't always have everything you want. Sometimes you have to compromise even for big things. That's Allah. Allah knows the type of children you are going to have from the person that you want to be with. And He knows that's not going to be a good thing for you. So do you know what? As much as the guy might be a decent guy, but you know what? We want you to have beautiful kids who are going to be the coolness of your eyes. So therefore we'd like you to get married to another person altogether. But no. I'm not saying don't try to achieve what you want. No, you do try. You could, you could involve scholars, you could involve people, for, especially when you are right and, and, and those blocking you are wrong. But sometimes you haven't considered things because let's face reality. We didn't live with the person. The only thing we know about them is because we saw them at work or saw them at school. And when we saw them, we only saw the common factors. Wait until you go home and you see how they work, the hierarchy of the Pharaoh. Subhanallah. And then you're like, gosh, is this your home? Is this really your house? Are you sure? Say your father. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Next day you don't even go to work. Subhanallah. It can happen. So you've got to involve someone to meet, to see where am I going to stay? Who are the people I'm going to mix with? What's, what's the whole situation? If I'm going to be all on my own, it makes life easier. If I'm going to be with a whole group of people, none of them like me. Wallahi, what do you want to do in that home? What do you want to do in that home when nobody in the entire home that you will be living in physically even want to look at your face? What on earth do you think you're getting yourself into? But face reality, we'll still say, no, that's the only thing I want. Subhanallah. No sooner do you get into it, than you realize that, you know what, this is the biggest mistake I've made. But now we'll tell you, you can still get out. You can still come out. It's okay. It's not like we're promoting divorce. But we're telling you, if you recognize the red flags, one after the other, you know what? Don't think that you're going to convert them into something else. Get help. So this topic will go on and on and on because you know we face reality. The reality is we have interacted with people of different cultures, different communities. MashaAllah, 
many times if they're second generation third generation it becomes easier because the norms are similar and people then begin to understand a specific type of life so they would be able to live in a, in such a way that if you were to go if you're a person from some ethnic background living in the western country third fourth generation if you were to go back to your ethnic roots to look for a spouse chances are you probably wouldn't get along with someone of your own ethnicity and culture coming from back home in a way that you would with someone from a totally different background who grew up with you and lived in your midst. Chances are. So Islam does not teach you to differentiate and distinguish between races and so on and so forth. But Islam says, recognize and acknowledge the differences respectfully. We recognize the difference in language, not in order to discriminate, in order to acknowledge and appreciate. That's what it is. Sometimes you may not fit in. I know a brother who married a sister from a certain background. The divorce happened simply because that family always spoke in their ethnic language in his presence for years, for a few years. And each time they spoke, they looked at him and they laughed and he raised the issue so many times. I feel like you guys are talking about me. Please speak in English in a language we all understand. And it did not happen. And it did not happen. And it kept on not happening until it created a major issue. And the, the, the wife's family seemed to have felt that there's nothing wrong with it what's wrong we're only speaking a different language but if the hadith says do not speak in another language when there are three of you in a way that one doesn't understand what if that's your own spouse don't you think it's going to create a disaster you can't keep on doing that so if you are in a group or your spouse is there the rest of your family tell them in the midst of this spouse please speak a language he or she would understand in order to respect the person how does it feel when they keep speaking in another language especially when they keep looking at you and laughing come on astaghfirullah <laughs> it's irritating wallahi it gets to a point when you feel like punching someone right come on guys and they'll tell you well who told you not to learn the language Hey, hey, relax. I'd rather sit and learn the Quran than this crappy language here. Astaghfirullah. May Allah grant us ease. Anyway, my brothers and sisters, I've spoken for my 40 minutes. I pray that we have at least tackled a small issue on the theme of facing the reality. And I pray that Allah help us in our marriages. Let's work on them. Work very hard. You have to sacrifice. Don't compare what you have. You have it. Work on it. And if you don't, if you're not married yet, may Allah help you and guide you to make the correct decisions. I pray, I really pray that you can involve your folks and your parents in the early stages when you are still show, when you have a slight interest in someone, involve them at that juncture. And Allah will help you and guide you. May Allah make us parents also whom our children will be proud of the way we deal with matters and things that arise in their lives. And may Allah help every one of us in a way that as we progress in age, we actually progress in our connection with Him too. And inshallah, we meet with Him in the best of conditions.